0: Uh, And a big welcome to Dennis Stewart, our naturopath. Welcome to the show once again. Dennis, always lovely to have you here.
1: Well, that's very nice of you to say that. Of course (laughs) it
0: is. Alan from Mark's Point, he's got a question about... Osteoarthritis. We'll look at that next.
1: Harvey Norman Computer Runout Sale. Laptops running out from just $248. Two in ones from only $348. Desktops to clear from $297. Monitors from a low $148. Gaming laptops from $1,297. Once we sell out, it's gone. Laptops from just $248. Computer Runout Sale ends Monday at Harvey Norman.
2: Oh sponsor
1: the doorbuster
2: door sale at doors plus for four days only save up to 50 percent this weekend and we can fit paint stain and deliver visit a showroom for a free measuring quote at the four-day doorbuster sale ends monday doors plus no fuss our
3: sponsor to find out why more people are buying their new volkswagen from hunter volkswagen we ask them
2: we've been customers there for a lot of years and always had great service and found the staff most helpful and easy to get along with and very knowledgeable.
0: Well, the salesman is the reason we went back there because he was so pleasant, not pushy, really nice.
3: More delighted owners of new Volkswagens thanks to our sponsor, Hunter Volkswagen at Maitland, part of Hunter Motor Group. Your local Newcastle and Hunter Valley radio station is 2 URFM. So whenever you're away from our beautiful region, make sure you take 2NURFM with you. Download our app to your smart device and take the hunter with you to anywhere in the world. Stay in touch with what's happening at home while you're away. 2NURFM, on-air, online, streaming 24 hours a day. And our app is free. Download today and stay in touch with your local radio station. 2NURFM 103.7
0: It's 19 past 12 We are talking health naturally With our naturopath Dennis Stewart And welcome to the show Alan in Mark's Point You've got a question For Dennis Stewart today
1: Yes I
2: have Yeah Hello uh, Dennis I'm a fan of yours oh, I, thank you I like I like Fridays I, I, um, I, I get quite a bit Out of you Thank you um, I, I've written things down On notes But I've, I've, I've Left them I've always listened But this is the first time That I've ever run up Um <laughs> About 40 years ago I was involved in a military accident yes. and uh, I, I, I went right up in the air, uh, turned over and came down head first okay. and I used my uh, hands as a stopper. Yes, uh, both, my, both wrists have been uh, very weak, yeah. uh, my collarbone got broken, Yes, uh, my nose got broken and uh, they were pallets uh, that followed me down and I rolled out of the way and then they exploded and I got hit with with, with wooden splinters oh, now wow. they've been digging, digging digging them out of me for a long time, mm. now uh, they're all gone, uh, what I'm left with, I've got a um, titanium uh, I've got a plate in my right hand I've just had a uh, two weeks ago uh, um an operation on my thumb that relocated an inch and a quarter a cocktail yeah yes yeah, yeah but over the years i've reduced it you know when i first went on it it was uh, quite high and, and there were other things as well you know like it
1: was just pain stopping you know yeah, yeah, um the, 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 my immediate response alan would be if you're using that level of, of medication there's there's nothing in the natural world that has uh, the pain relieving capacity that those things that you are taking. So, obviously, uh, we can't say, I'll try this as a competition for OxyContin. That would be quite stupid. Uh, In fact, most of those medications you're taking would have some sort of background, uh, a plant-based background. Most of them would be known as opiates, and uh, many of them are derived from, of course, the opium poppy, which grows prolifically in Tasmania. Um, But look, a couple of little things that might be worthwhile taking on board, Um, things you would have heard me say previously, these I would consider to be complementary substances, things that would perhaps complement what you're taking. I I am a great fan in the chronic or long-term use of curcumin products. Now, curcumin as I have said, is a concentrate extracted from the herb turmeric and in a, in a concentrated form it is a useful device to address uh, inflammatory activity which might spin off into some reduction in pain which would then perhaps lead to some reduction in the strong medication you're taking. And I say to you and to all listeners, when we're talking about a complementary uh, medicine such as uh, curcumin or turmeric, be aware of the fact that these things do not work uh, overnight. These things are better seen, if you like, as medicinal foods that have to yeah, be pers- right, yeah. persevered with over a lengthy period of time uh, before they start to work. It might interest you to know that presently uh, I'm using curcumin myself to address um, a problem, a health problem that I had some time ago, a bulging disc, and, and, it, and it together with, interestingly, uh, the oldest anti-inflammatory herb that we know of, that is willow bark, the use of curcumin or turmeric in conjunction with the willow bark, I believe has contributed to my speedy recovery and my yeah. re- considerable reduction in pain. So regardless of what else you're taking, I would think that they might have a benefit and uh, you would not need to have them scripted at the same time don't overlook even uh, at this stage of all your repair work uh, my suggestion would be that you should discuss with your doctor a long term uh, going on to of the um, glucosamine and chondroitin combination and there uh, for what i've got
2: so far is curcumin Yes. KU. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, yes. C-U-R, yes. C-U-M-I-N, tumeric. curcumin. Well, turmeric is the herb from which curcumin is extracted. Oh, right, yeah. And, and, okay, and, now, and what did you say the other one was? Uh, we- talk to your doctor about... Willow, Willow bark is the other I've et got et that inflammatory. One. I've that talk now. to your doctor about the glucosamine and chondroitin effect.
0: All right, thank you very much for your call, Alan. 49216216 is our number today. We've got Dennis here ready to take any of your questions. Now, Dennis, last week you were talking about
1: the herb mm. ginkgo biloba. Yes we, th- we were talking about it because as I was explaining to Jane um, in my transit uh, 40 years in the profession I've had a lot to do with introducing uh, new herbs if you like into what's called the Western or Western herbal medicine Materia Medica and one of the uh, great introductions that I was able to bring about was the introducing of the herb ginkgo biloba which had been made famous by the German extraction and concentration of the herb. In fact, I was able to give the first lectures on ginkgo biloba at a seminar held at Balgala in the premises of of a major manufacturer and went on to develop the first product on the ginkgo. I still consider ginkgo to be one of the most remarkable substances that there is at our fingertips uh, to address a whole spectrum of conditions, some of which I mentioned last week, uh, and one of the things that it need, or needs to be appreciated is that in the context of the aging process, now this is very important, in the context of the aging process, I am not aware of any herb that has offered so much potential benefit to address many syndromes that we all are likely to experience as we get older some of those we know full full well things like for instance a faltering memory a concentration problem uh, tinnitus some degree of vertigo or dizziness mood swings these are terms interestingly uh, in the context of a, of a european understanding of the herb and european definition these go under the heading of what the europeans call cerebral insufficiency now, what that basically means is these things are considered to be associated with, with the brain and ginkgo is considered to be, well, put it simply, brain food. And a chronic, when I say a chronic, that means a long-term, quiet perseverance with the ginkgo is something that as an aging person myself, I consider to be one of the most important things that I take based on my knowledge and understanding in clinical prescribing to offset some of these things that go under various headings in medicine today. I'm not saying it's a cure for Alzheimer's. What I'm saying is that it has potential to address some of the symptoms that could lead to Alzheimer's. And it's something that even someone with Alzheimer's, in my opinion, should discuss with their doctor as a useful potential supplement There's not a lot, I would contend, in mainstream medicine to address a lot of these things about which I've spoken. And I'm disappointed. I think I expressed this to Jane. I'm disappointed at this late stage of the ginkgo history that still in English-speaking countries, the ginkgo is not taken too seriously medically. A little bit's changing, but it's not taken as seriously as what I consider it should be. And I mentioned last week a textbook that uh, for any doctor or any pharmacist out there that's interested in getting an up-to-date, very credible clinical interpretation of the ginkgo, um, I'll mention it again. It's a textbook entitled Principles and Practice of Phytotherapy, phytotherapy being the modern term for herbal medicine and written by Simon Mills and Kerry Bone. That's a text for those that... Uh, would like to follow up from a clinical and scientific and medical perspective what has been written about this fascinating remedy. We'll say a bit more about it later.
0: Now I believe we've got Keith from Lambton on the line. Hello Keith
1: Oh good morning, good afternoon
0: Now you've got a question for Dennis Um, uh, uh, Well, I'll let you talk to him but it's after a knee operation you've got swelling
2: Yeah I've, I've had a problem with my knee for a couple of months I couldn't get better with physio And I did have swelling and inflammation then. But anyway, I then went in for knee surgery and arthroscopy, but also work on the meniscus. And now I've got, it's about a week. And I I need to, you know, my whole right leg is, is swollen from the, ankle okay. up the thigh basically and the knee. Now I know there's no quick fix mm. per se, I'm, I'm keeping my leg up, I'm icing it, yes. I'm doing those things yes, yes. and I'm just wondering if there's something that I can take that will aid in all this.
1: Okay, look I think it's, what I'm going to say I think is worth a try. Um, I speak frequently on the program of the role of bioflavonoids and, and one of those in particular called rutin r-u-t-i-n jot that down because uh, your doctor would know or should know what rutin is it's a bioflavonoid bioflavonoids are essentially uh, components that are extracted from foods like herbs and fruits and vegetables etc and in their concentrated or extracted form are able to achieve fairly significant physiological benefit now rutin is renowned for promoting um uh, lymphatic circulation to the extremities and also participating in better blood flow. Now, on the off chance that uh, there is some, uh, how can I call it, uh, lessening of lymphatic drainage to the region, uh, evidenced by the swelling, or much that there may well be some circulatory uh, impairment, nothing, in my opinion, is likely to give you as much benefit as using something like the bioflavonoid and particularly one of them called rutin I'd be I would be very very keen uh, for you to try that it's interesting also um and this may have a little bit of a bearing on it also that the herb that I've just been speaking about and that is the the modern pharmaceutical form of the ginkgo now what, what do I mean when I say that okay ginkgo belong ginkgo preparations belong to a category of remedies that uh, if you like uh, new breed uh, herbal preparations in as much that they are a concentrate of the actual herb and they're concentrated in order to harness the physiological and therapeutic benefits of the herb much more extensively so the ginkgo in its modern form as a modern pharmaceutical uh, herb if you like has a reputation also for uh, profound uh, circulatory benefit to the peripheries. Um, So it's a useful thing also to discuss with your GP, and I suggest you raise it with your GP because I don't know the full level of medication you may be taking, and ginkgo is one of those remedies that would need to be a little bit carefully if you are taking other things like blood thinners or any form of anticoagulants. But I would think those two things would be worth a, a, a try. They're over-the-counter. They're considered to be safe within the context of their recommended use. Um, I would give those a go. Oh,
2: good, So I can get this rootin at
1: any... Yes, now, what, what you would do, you'd go to your pharmacist or to your health food store, and you would yep. ask for rootin. It may come under different product names, uh, your pharmacist or health food store retailer. Uh, and let me just say that in the Hunter region, our pharmacists and health food retailers are very, very skilled uh, as a result of uh, giving herbal information and herbal advice. I'd like to think that that had something to do with my my 40 year preaching the gospel of herbal medicine, but they would be able to select a good preparation with a high level of rutin in it, and uh, I'd, I'd work with it if I were you.
0: Thank you very much for your call, Keith. We appreciate it and some great advice there. Uh, taking your calls, we've got a free line right now, four nine two one six two one six. It's Health Naturally with our naturopath, Dennis Stewart. Now, Dennis, we have been talking about ginkgo by uh, biloba. Mm. You are a very big mm. supporter of it. And you sort of touched on it before, but um, you said that in European medicine and pharmacy, mm. they have a greater regard for it mm. than we do in the English speaking mm. cultures. Mm. Um, so why is this? Why do you think that's the oh, case? Oh, I think it's
1: cultural thing um i remember reading a book years and years ago um and it is a long time ago and i used it for my lecturing a book entitled medicine and culture by lynn payer um an interesting text in which the author pointed out the essential differences in style and attitude between continental medicine european medicine if you like and medicine as practiced in anglo cultures now, uh, continental medicine has always had a great deal of regard for plant-based remedies, and this is particularly so in, in Germany, um, where people are, do, do not look op- upon plant-based medicine as being novel or, if you like, uh, there's not the degree of scepticism that there is in an Anglo country. So it's really a cultural thing, a traditional thing. People in Europe have grown up With herbs, their doctors, their pharmacists have prescribed as part of their treatment um, herbal medicine. I've used a text in all my lecturing years uh, by uh, Rudolf Weiss entitled Herbal Medicine. I, I consider it one of the most important texts that's formed the basis of my lecturing. Now, Weiss is a German doctor, but he's also a great medical herbalist. He's passed on now. And with reference to plant based medicines, he represents, if you like, this attitude of taking the herb seriously, seeking to elicit from the herb its chemistry, what we call phytochemistry, as the basis of supporting its great tradition that goes back thousands of years. There hasn't been that degree of interest amongst in Anglo countries, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, in that sort of enterprise in Europe, it has, and that's why a lot of the textbooks uh, are tra- uh, tr- English translations of modern herbal medicine as developed by European practitioners. So that's the reason when we're uh, looking at, at, at herbs in, in, in Anglo countries and we're starting to look at them uh, more more so than ever now, I suspect, we still have a lot to catch up on because of cultural reasons but you know one of the interesting things and this happened yesterday when i was practicing one of my last patients was was a chap from eastern europe and uh, herbs and he was a very well qualified scientist herbs to him were not just quaint little things because his growing up in eastern europe was based entirely on his family's foraging and preparation of herbal medicines And those were gathered from the wild and his grandmother in particular, he said, was one that was basically the family doctor. That's the difference, a traditional difference, which has spun off into a scientific enterprise which has seen many continental countries now producing herbal medicines, some of which are now in our pharmacies.
0: Yeah, mm, yeah. so mm, you're right, mm. it does stem back. It is a big cultural difference cultural and we can difference. really see... see well,
1: the... you look at the way in which in, in, in Australia, the uh, the medical discipline or the... Uh, yeah, what is a medical discipline known as homeopathy? Look how that is being assaulted, um, put down by the rigid, what I call the rigid right wing of mainstream medicine. Um, and yet, and yet, in countries like Switzerland... In countries like Germany, in countries like France, uh, homeopathy is practised by doctors. You have to be a medical practitioner Mm. to be able to practise homeopathy. So here we are um, casting aspersions on a modality simply because we can't understand sometimes how it works. We say, oh, well, it can't be effective. How is it that in, in other European countries with a long history of medicine equal to that of Anglo countries they're using homeopathy that puzzles me but it shows the cultural divide I hope that's changing in this country that's my opinion
0: certainly does okay Uh, we're going to go to Darren now in Mayfield hello Darren welcome to the show you've got a question for Dennis Stewart about turmeric yes I've rang a few times about this
1: thanks
2: for your show Dennis thank you you. Um, I'm a bit confused about how much pepper to put with my turmeric
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Look, um, I can't give you... It it doesn't have to be an exact proportion. Uh, Don't hold me to this, but in in one of the the references that I've made with reference to uh, turmeric's use as a useful food to fight against cancer, I mentioned that the, the, the daily dose of turmeric given by the two Canadian scientists was a heap teaspoonful of turmeric, a heap teaspoonful with about a quarter of a teaspoonful of black pepper. Okay. Now, okay. let me just uh, point out here, the, the putting in of the black pepper is really quite arbitrary. Um, people need to know that turmeric is not a herb that is easily assimilated. What has been found out is that if it is blended with other herbs, the uptake of it, the assimilation of it, what we call the bioavailability of the herb, is considerably improved so it really is not a matter of measuring out how much black pepper it's just sufficient black pepper with the heaped teaspoonful um of the of the herb that's really the issue here don't turn it into a specific medical dose it's just to be seen as a um, as a, a way of harnessing turmeric's action but look if if you uh want a more accurate um thing what i can do is uh, get the uh, the um, station's website here uh, probably not be this week but say next week to put up the um, proportions from one of the textbooks that talk about the blend of turmeric and black pepper but what I have said in my opinion is good enough
3: yeah yeah, quarter of a teaspoon okay uh, once a day for
1: us? Well uh, again if you, if you like turmeric as I do you can take it all day but sure, some, beautiful. People, some people have t- have trouble with it. But uh, it, it, again, on a chart that I frequently give out to my patients and clients, there is a recommended level of quite a few food substances, one of which is turmeric. And my recollection is, but again, I will uh, see if I can put this up on the website here, my recollection is it's about five grams or a heap teaspoonful daily.
0: And so you're just eating this. Yes, look,
1: uh, and this is the way in which it was... uh, I'm I'm using curcumin presently to harness its anti-inflammatory characteristics. But the use of turmeric as a food uh, with capacity to fight uh, various diseases, particularly in the large bowel, turmeric used that way as a food uh, is taken just as turmeric, not as a curcumin. Mm. Although you can use the curcumin, but turmeric uh, is much cheaper when you're using it as a food... And uh, its benefits in the in the gut particularly uh, have been based largely on the use of turmeric, seeing it added to the diet over a lengthy period of time, for instance, uh, some weeks ago with Jane, I referred to statistics that looked at various cancers that are experienced in Anglo countries such as Australia, cancer of the bowel in particular and cancer of the lung and, and other major cancers. And what we did was look at the incidence of those cancers in Australia and India. Now, why India? Well, India... They eat a lot of turmeric. They eat a lot of turmeric, particularly... With their rice. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. in their curry. And now, the incidence of those um, cancers in that particular country or culture is remarkably less what it is in anglo countries now i know you can never just say oh this is because they're doing this of course every disease is multifactorial but it is interesting and in support of this article that i'm referring to it is interesting that there is some statistical evidence demonstrating that in one country whose diet is regularly based on the use of curry which is obviously contains large amounts of turmeric the incidence of certain pathologies, particularly in the large bowel, is much, much less than what it is in Anglo countries.
0: And it does taste amazing in curry. It does indeed. Scrambled eggs. It does indeed. It look, mixed with some what, rice. One
1: of the things I've tried to do in, in all my radio programs over the years is to say, look, start to learn. The, 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 the diet that we were raised on, meat and three veggies, is okay. But listen, if we want to work against some of the disease processes that are, if you, if you like, asserting themselves and compromising our possibility of longevity, start to learn perhaps some of the secrets that are locked away in the eating habits of different cultures. Look at the way, for instance, the, the way in which uh, fish oils have uh, come into our diet. People would never have thought years ago of using fish oil supplements. Where did that come from? That came from observing Eskimo culture and seeing the way in which a diet rich in in um, seafood and the oils of seafood is ex- is explicable to the way in which they have less cardiovascular distress than what we do. Mm. We learn from that. Very interesting. So we've got to keep learning.
0: got to keep learning. John from Wallalong, you've got a comment or question for Dennis Stewart today.
3: Yeah, good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, John. I've got, I get cold feet and cold hands. Yes. And the other week I heard you talk about bioflavonoids and written. So this morning I actually called into your um, residence or shop and bought some bioflavonoids written with vitamin C or sorbic acid. Oh, yes. And I'm due to start taking that. But with the vitamin C in the bioflavonoids, can I still take... uh,
1: already taken garlic, horseradish and C. Yes, look vitamin C is a water soluble vitamin so it's it's excreted from the system fairly readily unlike some vitamins A, D, E and K which uh, are, are stored in the body and can reach sometimes uh, dangerous levels, rarely, but they can reach dangerous levels, vitamin C belongs to the water-soluble group together with the vitamin uh, B group. So it's unlikely that uh, taking the vitamin C in both forms is going to create any, um, any side effects. If there is an overdosage factor with vitamin C, it usually reflects itself uh, in, in, in the bowel, Uh, In other words, frequency or diarrhoea can sometimes occur. I've rarely seen that. I've only ever seen it when people have been using uh, vitamin C in, in high gram dosages, which I never recommend. So the level you'd be taking, in my opinion, would be safe, and the small amount that would be appended to the bioflavonoid would be very small. I couldn't see how that in any way could compromise what you're doing.
3: Uh, what about also taking ginkgo belaver? Would that be uh, an overdose
1: of? No, I would. I would consider um, that that combination is a very, very useful combination. I. I see. Uh, when I'm talking about a herb there are certain things that immediately come into my mind not exhaustively but with reference to the ginkgo I think of two areas I think of uh, the uh, the cerebrovascular conditions uh, memory and things like that but always I relate it to its very significant clinical uh, use in addressing peripheral conditions that is circulatory conditions as for instance say in Raynaud's syndrome which is, a, which is a nasty circulatory problem that manifests itself, as you probably know, in very cold extremities. So ginkgo, to me, uh, is a very, very useful, potentially useful remedy for addressing circulatory problems that manifest themselves in coldness and other symptoms. Oh, that's
3: good. So I can take both bioflavonoids, ginkgo, biloba, uh, without having any expensive tea.
1: Well, look, you you can always take uh, too many things, but if I had a circulatory problem, that's probably the best way of putting it, if I had a circulatory problem characterised by coldness, I would be seeking to address it, and by using rutin and by using ginkgo, they would be the two things that I would use. Now, are you diabetic? No. Okay, because, again... Uh, ginkgo biloba together with the herb bilberry i have preached for years as being two of the most significant herbs likely to lessen likely to lessen some of the peripheral vascular conditions that diabetics experience
0: thank you so much for your questions today on the show john 49216216 is our number victor in waratah you've got a question for dennis
2: Hi Dennis, I I just wanted to know any information on boron what your opinion is on boron uh, if there's any studies uh, for
1: and against the health advantages for it Look, as I have said very many times I'm not a bad herbalist but I don't know much about anything else so (laughs) the quick quick answer about boron is I know of it I don't prescribe it clinically and I wouldn't be qualified to give exhaustive information on it. Um, sorry about that. No problem. Thanks very much for your okay, time. Okay, mate. Thank you.
0: Thanks for your call, Victor. We probably have time for one more call. We've got a free line 49216216. Uh, now, we've been looking at the herb ginkgo biloba. Uh, do you think that natural remedies such as ginkgo are being overlooked, Dennis, particularly uh, uh, in the treatment for, for elderly people? Oh, I do. You do?
1: I know know that there would be many in the mainstream medical profession that would would question uh, my enthusiasm for seeing a lot of ageing syndromes as being potentially helped by some of the things that I talk about. I use this information myself. I am not a hypocrite. I believe in these things, and I believe that we are missing out on a potential benefit in lessening some of the conditions that aging people will inevitably experience this condition that the europeans refer to as cerebral insufficiency it's a it's a broad term largely uh, dismissed by orthodoxy in anglo countries but it embraces a lot of the things that elderly people will experience sometimes without any uh, how can i call it supporting uh, pathological changes dizziness uh, th- th- that is investigated until in- till the cows come home very infrequently associated with no serious things memory faltering concentration moodiness all these things that as we get older we are likely to experience these things shouldn't be seen at times just as individual syndromes this term cerebral insufficiency controversial as it is called up in the textbook that I've mentioned talks about ginkgo being at least a remedy to consider in this. And uh, I believe that we're, it's my belief, and I'm up for criticism on this, I believe we may be missing out on helping elderly people by not looking seriously at this modern herbal drug and the way in which it's well documented to help elderly people fight some of the ravages of ageing. I go back to the point and say, because it is a sophisticated, modern, herbal medicine, it is best monitored by the general practitioner. The general practitioner should know about it, and listeners should appreciate that in the Hunter region, I very rarely find antagonism for what I say and do. Quite the opposite, because what we do is try to link everything to modern clinical literature, that supports the things that I talk about if you're going to go on to ginkgo and you're a particularly a, an elderly person let your gp or no, let your gp know uh, gp know about it let your pharmacist know about it because as i've said it's a herb that does require some discretion as to who takes it and in what dosage
0: and can it be in a tablet form it is Dennis? Yeah, it,
1: okay. it it comes primarily in a tablet form as most modern yes modern Uh, herbal medicine preparations do come and the other thing i'd say and i'll perhaps close on this note is ginkgo is not a remedy that overnight will give a result most of the trials on ginkgo have been spread out over many many months and we're too impatient because we've got used to drugs which hit us overnight and give us a benefit if one is going to give ginkgo a try it needs to be worked with for quite a few months and in the dosage of 120 milligrams of the herb daily at least.
0: We have a couple of minutes left of the show, so let's get another caller on. Grant from Tingara Heights, hello, welcome.
1: Good
3: afternoon, thank you.
0: You want to talk about turmeric and pepper?
3: That's correct, yeah thanks. Um, I've been just taking the straight turmeric powder from the local Indian spice yes, store. Yes, the, yes, yes. Black pepper all ground up finely. Yes, yep. Um, I found it was going straight through me. I was taking it for a while, but would it be likely to cause a bit of diarrhoea?
1: So, so some people are very reactive uh, to turmeric. Uh, it's not an uncommon thing to find that uh, diarrhoea is experienced by some people. Um, right. uh, uh, what I say to people who are, who are on it, look at how much uh, a pepper you've brought into the combination uh, okay. and also look at how much you're taking to start with. Uh, sometimes using spices they tend to grow on you yeah well, was yeah.
3: actually the uh, opposite problem i was taking it for a while it seemed okay and yes. then it started giving
1: me the troubles okay and if if you're getting that sort of reaction which is unusual by the way if, okay. you, if you're getting that reaction it's time to pause and, yeah, then, I, had, and I started and, taking the curcumin which seems better yeah because i suspect there what you're doing by using the curcumin you're bypassing some of the lesser principles in turmeric which could be a little bit more irritable. So right. what you've done there uh, is sensible. I take uh, uh, curcumin myself, as I said this morning, uh, mm-hmm. for its anti-inflammatory effects. It, has, it gives me no problems whatsoever. But on the other hand, I can eat chilli and things like that in, in such levels that it embarrasses people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're pretty good on the chilli, oh, Dennis. I
1: can, I can beat anyone in this town chilli eating.
0: Oh, I want to get my husband and you in on a, yeah, you know, well, a chilli off.
1: I'd
0: beat him. I I reckon you would too. He's gone a bit soft after kids, I reckon. Look, we're just about out of time. Thank you so much to everyone that did phone in today. Really interesting stuff as always. Dennis Stewart, thank you so much for coming in. Very
1: good program. Thank you.
0: Yes, it is. And as our listeners are saying, they're loving it.